everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Friday is here. Final show inside the game studios before the road trip begins to hot Lana. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, the big, bald, beautiful one. Raymond Parts the third, better known as RP3. Of course, I'm joined inside the studio by the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah. Five names. We got a solid show lined up for you. Nope. We have a good show lined up for you. No, no. How about a tremendous show? How about we're going to get you kicking off your weekend on the right foot this morning for three hours? How about that? That sounds like something you want to stick around for. Coming up at 7 o'clock, James Yasko will kick off our guest lineup, our friend from the Lima Time Time podcast, and of course, contributor for the Houston Chronicle. We're going to talk all things Houston Astros. Dramatic win last night as the rookie. Oh, man. He's got that it factor, doesn't he? Jeremy Pena came up huge for the Strohs. That'll be coming up at 7 o'clock. At 8 o'clock, comedian extraordinaire. Sorry, 7.30. 7.30, right. Look, when you're dealing with big-time comedians, Hollywood folks, could be 7.30, could be 8 o'clock. Could be 9.27. Could throw it on foot show. You never do know. <laughs> you know, you never do know about these things. You're just like, okay. Sure. Bert Kreischer is going to be joining us. It's going to be exciting stuff. That'll be coming up later on today's show. So we've got a, we got a big name for you. Got a, some Hollywood to this Friday edition of RP3 and Company. He may not be Hollywood, but he knows how to spend money like a movie star. Nick Fondo will be joining us in hour number three for cashing tickets. We're going to be talking about how you should bet the Major League Baseball All-Star Game and Home Run Derby and more. That'll be coming up at 8.20 this morning. And then our fourth and final guest on this tremendous Friday edition of RP3 and Company, TJ Jones, our old friend from the State of the Saints podcast. We'll be talking questions heading into training camp and so much more about the black and gold so we got four great guests scheduled to appear this morning here in rp3 and company of course we'll take your phone calls we love to hear from you love to hear from you hotlines open 337-706-0111 once again that number is 337-706-0111. And we're going to talk about the Open Championship. Some surprises yesterday 
for round one there at the old course at St. Andrews for the fourth and final major of the season. We'll get to that, and then we'll start giving you updates, live updates for round two action, which is already teed off. But let's start off with the Houston Astros. Let's start off with Jeremy Pena, shall we? The Rook, man, guy's just good. Guy is just, he's just so good. He's just so good. Why is he so good? Well, as a rookie, he's made the adjustment to the show with ease. That's one. And part of that is because, as I've stated before, you have a veteran core of guys that can take on the responsibilities, can take on the pressure, can show the youngster how to be a pro, but also kind of protect him from having to deal with the enormous responsibilities, the expectations that are put on your shoulders. They did this with Jordan Alvarez a few years ago. Now they're doing it with Jeremy Pena, with Pena having to replace, of course, all-star Carlos Correa, who's now playing for the Minnesota Twins. But this kid also has the right stuff. He just does. Glove work is on point, and he has proven to be a clutch hitter at the plate. And he came through in a big way again last night for the Strohs in a 3-2 victory in 10 innings. That's right, extra inning victory. Pena delivers in the 10th inning to help give the Strohs the victory. Jose Altuve gets lost in this game to an injury. Expectations are that it's going to be minor. It's a day-to-day situation. It's a contusion. But they lose Jose, the heart and soul of the team, the former league MVP, in the very first inning of this game. So once again, you're on the road. The fighting MVPs had just defeated you the night before with Otani putting together a gem of a performance. And here you are trying to get a step closer to 60 wins before the All-Star break, and you lose your captain. You lose your heartbeat. Now, once again, reports are from people that actually cover the team that Altuve is just going to be day-to-day. It's a contusion which more than likely means you're probably not going to see Jose for the athletic series this weekend. They'll let him rest, and he may not even play in the All-Star game. Houston Astros are like, yeah, we're 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 going to pass on the All-Star game. Thanks. Verlander, Alvarez, maybe now Altuve. (laughs) Just, Just saying. But after losing Altuve... Did not matter. And once again, this is how it shows you how great, how deep this team is, is that you have guys in slumps or you lose guys to injury, and yet you still find a way to win. Pena drives in the tie-breaking run there in the 10th inning to give the Astros their 13th victory in 16 games as they take two or three from the Angels. It's set up in dramatic fashion for Pena as well. Corey Lee, 
backup catcher was the automatic runner. And he advanced on Dubon's flyout and then scored on Pena's single to right off of Aaron Long. And the Strohs, man, it was a struggle. It was an absolute struggle. Because the Strohs had not scored since the first inning. They played it two runs in the first inning. You're like, yep, here they go, up and running, despite not having Altuve. But Jose didn't get hurt until later. He gets on. Altuve scores right off the bat as Tucker singled him in. And then a fielder's choice scored Jeremy Pena, and they're up 2 nothing. But then... The Astros walk in a run in the third. Ooh, I can just I can just imagine Kevin Foote watching this as it unfolds. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Walking in batters. <laughs> that gives a run. Then they walk Otani in the fourth, and that plates another run. So two of the two runs for the Angels were scored last night on walks in the third and the fourth inning. And then nothing in the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth. Valdez, who's headed to the All-Star game, more than likely will pitch in the All-Star game, went six innings, gave up the two runs on six hits, Three walks, six Ks, not his finest performance, but not a terrible performance by any stretch of the imagination either. Neris and Montero, they do their part. They get it to Presley, and Presley picks up the win after going two strong innings for Dusty Baker. Both of them clean. No hits, no runs, two innings, striking out three. As Presley was able to close the door on the fighting MVPs. Pena big in this game, two for four, of course, with the game winning hit or the going the go-ahead hit, which proved to be the winning hit. Two for four with an RBI. He also drew a walk in this ballgame. Bregman, he's kind of plateaued here he's batting around 243 but he did get a hit last night one for four he also drew a walk and the Houston Astros find a way Altuve out Alvarez out Michael Brantley Jr. out fighting MVPs giving them everything they can handle their starting pitcher walking in runs Which, by the way, if you're not that familiar with the game of baseball, walking in runs is not optimal. Typically something you want to avoid. But the Astros pitchers in the last week or so are thinking, 
I want to explore the uh, want to explore this. See how this works out. Yet in both instances, they won the game. Once again, not their best night. Mistakes, miscues, injuries, and it didn't matter. The rookie Pena steps up. Presley closes the door. 3-2 win in 10 innings for the Strohs as they now make the short drive to Oakland, Oaktown, for a three-game series to wrap up the first half of the season before next week's All-Star break. And they get to 58 wins. Whew. 58 and 30 now. Ridiculous how good and how deep and how talented this Astros team is this year. Unbelievable. Even in ugly games, they find a way to win. Even when the circumstances are not great, they find a way to win. It's a sign of a really, really good team. Astros Athletics, live from Oakland. You'll be able to listen to all three games of that series this weekend, and it's going to start off tonight. First pitch set for 7-10, and you can listen to it live right here on the game, your home for the Houston Astros. We got to take our first timeout of today's tremendous Friday edition, Fast and Furious Friday edition. I don't know. I'm trying to think of another word, better alliteration here than Tremendous Thursday Works, Tremendous Friday. How about a fantastic Friday edition? Oh, I just got the eye roll from the producer. When we return here on RP3 and company, Major League Baseball home run derby field has been set. Can the sensation from the Seattle Mariners make his way through the bracket? Can he be the champ this year? Can anyone take down Pete Alonso, two-time champ for the New York Mets? We'll talk about it next, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Hello. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, the Houston Astros are one of the hottest teams in baseball. Just took two or three from the Angels as they got to 58 wins on the season. And look, you could see them live in person. You love listening to them on the station. How about watching them live inside the big juice box? The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston's going to be taking on the Seattle Mariners, who just won their 11th straight game, by the way. Last night came back, clawed back, and got that bad boy. Should be an entertaining weekend series. Houston, Seattle, Saturday, July 30th, inside Minute Maid Ballpark. Go register in the game clubhouse today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score yourself four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark, hotel accommodations that Saturday night. 
I didn't stutter. Once again, Strohs, Mariners, Saturday, July 30th at Minute Maid Ballpark. You can score yourself four tickets, a tour of the ballpark, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astro Weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, but you can only win them by becoming a member of our clubhouse. So go sign up today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Astros winners in 10 last night when Jeremy Pena, the rookie sensation, brings in the go-ahead run in the top of the 10th inning. And Ryan Presley comes in to close the door on the Angels and get the victory to take two of three. But that's not the only thing that happened in Major League Baseball. How about our home run derby field has now been set? That's right. We know exactly who it's going to be. Once again, all-star break is early next week. So all the teams will wrap up their weekend series on Sunday. Then the all-star game festivities begin on Monday with the home run derby. And here are the matchups for the home run derby. Ronald Acuna Jr., the Atlanta Braves star, is the seventh seed in the eight-man home run derby. And he's going to face off with the number two seed and the two-time defending champ, Pete Alonzo, in the first round of Monday's home run derby. The top seed is Kyle Schwarber, 28 home runs this season. He's going to face off against the eight seed and a man who's there just for nostalgic purposes, Albert Pujols. The only player in the field with fewer home runs than a Kuna is Albert, who has six. So you got Acuna versus Alonzo. Schwarber versus Pujols. And the other first-round matchups, Juan Soto versus Jose Ramirez and Corey Seager versus Julio Rodriguez. Who do you like? Who do you like in this home run derby? Who are you feeling? Seager was the last competitor added. He was also an all-star, a late all-star ad. But who do you like in this? I'm going to open this up now to producer extraordinaire, producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names. Now, I'm just going to be honest here. I'm an Atlanta Braves fan, diehard Bravos fan from way back, the days of Bob Horner and Dale Murphy. Rafael Ramirez and Ozzy Virgil and Bruce Benedict. And I love Ronald, but I'm not putting money on him. I don't like his chances. He's in an up and down year. Trying to come back from the injury. Not thrilled about him being in the home run derby. Because I'd like him to be rested up for the second half of the season. But... Even though I'm a diehard Braves fan, I can look at it and go, I don't like my guy. Can the producer extraordinaire be just as objective or because she's such a new fan, is she going to lack lack objectivity here? Yes, 100%. <laughs> 
So your guy, go ahead, tell the folks who may not know that you bleed teal. I do bleed the teal. You bleed See the teal. See us rise as we came back for a 6-5 victory, 11 in a row. Let's get it. But, of course, I want Julio Rodriguez because, one, his accent is beautiful. Uh, two, it would be fantastic that's the reason. That's if he the came reason. back and won because, you know, he is this is his first year in the show. So you would hope and you want to, like, it's underdog, underdog story. Why not? Let's go. 4-4. Four, 44-44. Four. This woman just went, his accent is lovely, is a, is a, is a reason, though. is a reason to root for somebody. But am I wrong? I mean, look, the accent is lovely, I guess. I wasn't expecting lovely accents yeah. this morning on Obvious. the show. Forget oh. Corey Seager. Now, yes, guy. your guy, Julio, is the sixth seed. He's taking on the three seed, Corey Seager. That's the first round matchup. Now, if your guy, Julio, takes down Seager, who was a late add to the All-Star game and to the home run derby, mm-hmm. the big uh, the big contract fellow who you know got the big contract in the offseason for the Texas Rangers. So not only is your guy in the home run derby, he's also taking on a division rival. Yeah. Division opponent. So how sweet would that be for your guy to eliminate the Texas Ranger slugger in the first round? I mean, Uh, yeah, that'd be just like chef kiss. Now, if he advances, Mm -hmm. the next round would be facing off the winner between Alonzo, the two-time defending champ, and my Atlanta Brave star, Ronald Acuna Jr. Things are going to get a little bit more difficult there. Just saying, more than likely, if your guy wants to be the champ, he's got to beat the champ. The two-time champ. Mm. So first round, division rival for your guy, five names. The second round, guess what? You're going to have to deal with the two-time defending champ. So you don't think your guy's going to win? No. <laughs> <laughs> he looks too shaggy to win. I'll watch, and I love I love him, but uh, I, I don't like his chances against the two-time defending champs, no. Now, on the other side of the bracket for Monday night's home run derby, Schwarber is the one seed. He'll be taking on, as we said, Albert Pujols. I like Schwarber to advance there. Look, it, it, I like Pujols' last name. It's fun to say. Once again, accents and the <laughs> how to pronounce the last name is the reason. We're good stats, guys. Hello. <laughs> the other matchup is the four seed Juan Soto taking on Juan Soto, of course, for the Nationals, who are a dumpster fire, but yet they still have Juan taking on the five seed Jose Ramirez from the Cleveland Guardians, formerly the Cleveland Indians. So that's your home run derby field. Hannah Five Names is confident that her guy Julio Rodriguez the young sensation for the Mariners. Mm-hmm. He is a great young player. He's fantastic. He's fantastic on a fantastic Friday. Yeah. She likes his chances to win the whole thing. Of course, yes. we'll break down the home run derby a little uh, later on today's show with our guy, the semi-pro gambler, Nick Fano, when he joins us in hour number three. But right now, we got to take a timeout. 
when we return here on RP3 and Company. We'll unveil the poll question of the day. We'll talk about the first round of the Open Championship and then start giving you some live updates from round two, which is already teed off there at St. Andrews in Scotland. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. RP3 is the epitome of a high roller, constantly making large bets. But by doing that, the minimum bet is a dollar for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a $3 bet. That netted me a cool $6.70. What? Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports talk. 19, hit me. 20, hit me. 21, hit me. 22. Now back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, you could score yourself a brand new Apple Watch by simply sending a text message. It's that easy. That's right. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with a brand new Apple Watch. All you have to do to win is join our text club. Simply text the word GAME, 337-283-8100. That's GAME to 337-283-8100. Once you join, you'll be eligible to win a brand new Apple Watch. Plus, you'll have tons of chances to score other great prizes like Houston Astros tickets, concerts tickets, station swag, and more. It's the Games Text Club. Once again, to join, simply text GAME to 337-283-8100. That's 337-283-8100. Find out more information at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. Open Championship. What an interesting first round it was. You had the Rook start off so strong, and he did. The young fella from Wake Forest, only a mere 25 years old, He jumped out, and he was your early leader in the clubhouse. I'm talking about Matthew Young, the American who went to Wake Forest. He shot an 8-under-64. Sorry, Cameron Young. Shot an 8-under-64 yesterday to lead the Open Championship. Roy McIlroy was right there behind him. Two shots behind while others were also still in contention. Rory was rocking a uh, yellow long sleeve there at the old course. I was like, what's he, what's he doing? The bigger surprise also, besides the rookie leading the Open Championship and Rory being in contention, and so were others, was how bad Tiger Woods was. Tigers in danger of missing the cut is how bad he was yesterday. First round, 78. The wind gave him all types of trouble later in the afternoon. Remember, he didn't tee off until later in the day. 
The wind picked up there at St. Andrews, and it humbled the 15-time major champion. Six over par, 78, 14 shots behind the leader, Cameron Young, and Tiger is in danger of missing the cut at the Open Championship like he did a few years ago. Now, right now, an updated leaderboard, Cameron Young's still there. He hasn't teed off yet. He's tied for first now, though, because Dustin Johnson is tied there with him. DJ, one of the defectors to the Live Tour, by the way, has shot a four-under part through 16 holes this morning for round two. That's placed him at eight under par and tied atop the leaderboard at the Open Championship. Taylor Gooch jumped all the way up as well. He shot a three under 69. That gives him 68-69 for the first two rounds. He's at seven under par, tied for third. Scotty Scheffler shot a 68 yesterday. He's tearing it up today as well. Three under par through 15 holes. Still birdie opportunities available for Scotty Scheffler, who's tied for third as well. Adam Scott. Adam Scott had a rough go of it yesterday. Shot a 72, even par. But today, six under through 16 holes. He's put himself in contention, tied for six. Patrick Cantlay, who I told you I liked a lot in this before the tournament began. He was one of the three guys I liked to win the Open Championship. The co-champion of the Zurich Classic. He shot a 70 yesterday. Today, four under par through eight. He is tearing it up there at St. Andrews. He's put himself in contention. Roy McRoy who shot a 66 yesterday, is still yet to tee off. Cameron Smith, still yet to tee off. Jordan Spieth shot a 71 yesterday. But he's much improved this morning. Through eight holes, he's three under par. Now four under for the tournament. He's tied for 12th. Sam Burns, the former LSU star, he did not have a great first day either, even par 72. But today, different story. He's four under through eight holes as well. Sergio Garcia, he had a rough first day, shot a 75. He came back today, shot six under for a 66. He's going to make the cut. He re- He's in contention at three under par. Bryson DeChambeau still yet to tee off. Xander Shoffley, world number one golfer. Yet to tee off as well. John Rahm has just began. He had a rough go of it. Shot a 73 in day one. He's on the course right now through seven. He's three under. Ernie Els is yet to tee off today, but he had a very fine first day shooting 70. So lots of scores out there. Seemingly the morning group Lots of great opportunities to get low scores, which is exactly what you want to see or need to see from them. Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, they teed off early yesterday, so they're going to tee off later today. They got some work to do if they want to make the cut. They're at even par. 
So is Shane Lowry. Justin Thomas was even par yesterday as well. John Daly will be teeing off today. He's plus one. So the Open Championship. Low scores. Dustin Johnson has found himself tied atop the leaderboard here early go of it in the second round of the Open Championship. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on our guy, Martin. Martin, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind? Good morning, Mr. Ball, beautiful one, the greatest dancer in the world, sir. Ah, what you got, bud? Well, uh, I want to kind of chime in on the home run derby. Uh, like I told five names, my dark horse to win the whole thing. I, I'm I'm going to roll with Julio Rodriguez. Nah, I heard you bring up the word salt, so, and then it, 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 it brought to mind, so... You said it right. Albert Pujols is. He's just entering the, the home run derby to be salty, just like. And he's also the oldest uh, player in the field. So uh, I guess you could say he's the salty Steve in the uh, in the home run derby uh, this year. Uh, I hope that guy hits no home runs because I'm not an Albert Pujols fan. Pujols fan, dating back to his St. Louis Cardinals days, just never could stand the guy. Uh, but that's all I got to say about that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I heard you chiming in on the uh, the Open Championships, man. I think it's um, I think it's high time that Tiger Woods just hangs up his cleats, sends his golf clubs to me. That way I can bring my buddy Salty Steve uh, shoot, shoot around a golf, buddy. But uh, that's all I had to say for today and go Red Sox. Martin, have a great day, bud. Yeah, Tiger yesterday was not great for Mr. Woods. Today is not much better. Through nine holes, he's one over par, seven over for the tournament, tied for 147th place. So, Tiger looks like he's headed to not making the cut. Once again, look, I've said this before on the air, and I'll say it again. What we saw from Tiger a couple years ago at the Masters was majestic. It was his swan song. We never thought we'd see Tiger again. And he was able to find a way at Augusta of all places to have one more magical moment. One more magical moment. And to see him win the Masters and do so coming from behind because all the previous 14 major titles for Tiger Woods all came from him leading. He put on the Sunday red and the rest of the field would just, you know, get weak in the knees and just fall down. That Masters, he actually came back and won. Yeah, Tiger may be the most dominant golfer of all time, but I always lean towards Jack as being the greatest because when you look at Jack's prime of his career, if he wasn't winning a major, he was at least in contention. Tiger would either just mop 
the floor with the field or, you know, finish outside the top 10. And you look at a run for Jack, he was finishing in the top three at every major for like a five or six year period every year. And a lot of his were come from behind. But that's a discussion for another day. The Golden Bear and Tiger. But Woods, we, we got the swan song from Tiger a couple years ago at the Masters. His body is not going to allow him to break Jack's record. It's not going to allow him to be the guy we all want him to be, the guy he used to be. It's just not. He's had too many ailments. Right, He, he had his personal demons that led to an accident. That led to injuries that derailed his career a little bit. Then he got back healthy from that. Then his body started breaking down on him. And since then, he's had the car accident, which he could have easily lost his life in, by the way. He's over 40 years old. His body has been reconstructed. Neck, back, arms, legs, knees, it. Father time is undefeated. And when your body starts breaking down, because Tiger swung the club harder than anyone with more force, with more velocity, he, you'd watch slow-mo camera angles of his swing, and you go, look at the torque it takes to do that. Your body can only take so much of that. Woods may be in the, in the right mental place to win majors and to be a competitor and to be a great golfer. His heart may be in the right place. That body, though, you, you can only repair it so many times. The, the $6 million man can only be put together, back together so many times. And he took the time off to rest. St. Andrews is flat. So there's no hills to really contend with to put more wear and tear on your legs, on your back, on your joints. And the course is still handing him his lunch. I'm just saying, I said it when it happened. The win at the Masters felt like Tiger's swan song. One more great, magical, iconic moment that will forever be remembered. Once again, Open Championship up and running. Tied atop the leaderboard, Dustin Johnson, four under through 16 holes this morning. He's tied at eight under par with Cameron Young, who's yet to tee off the rookie, former Wake Forest star golfer. Scotty Scheffler also in the mix there in the top three. Adam Scott in the top ten, as is Patrick Cantlay, Roy McIlroy, and Jordan Spieth. Spieth shooting up the leaderboard. He shot a 71 in round one. He's four under through nine holes today. So he's going to be in the mix, man. We're going to have some great golfers battling it out this weekend at St. Andrews. That leads us to our poll question of the day. What are you checking out this weekend? Plenty to witness. Are you checking out Astros Athletic Series? Final tune-up before the All-Star break for the Strohs. You can listen to all three of those games live right here on the game. Are you checking out the Open Championship? I'll be watching some of that on Peacock this weekend. 
Will you be watching the Major League Baseball Amateur Draft, which will be Sunday? Which LSU stars will be taken? What about some Cajun stars? Hmm? Is your big league team going to get the next great player, draft them on Sunday? And which guys are committed to come to the Cajuns and the Tigers that are instead going to go sign that contract for Major League Baseball? So Major League Baseball Amateur Draft is Sunday as well or other. Right now, 27% of you say the Open Championship. Sorry, 33% say other. 27% say Open Championship. And 20% apiece say Astros Athletics and Major League Baseball Amateur Draft. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave those comments and we'll, we'll share them with all of you throughout today's show. We got to take a timeout. Wrapping up our number ones coming up next right here on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Poll question of the day. What are you checking out this weekend? We want to hear from you. Is it going to be the Astros Athletic Series, which, of course, you can listen to live right here on the game? Is it the Open Championship from St. Andrews? Is it the Major League Baseball Amateur Draft on Sunday? Or is it other? Let's get to some comments while we have a few minutes. John Paul Cajun Daddy says, unfortunately, I'll be working this weekend, but I will be checking in on the draft. And then John Paul wants me to ponder on something. With all this discussion about NILs and their impact on college football, minor league baseball is where it will have the biggest impact. Now a high school pitcher can make more money playing in college than in the minors. We have not talked enough about that, and we're going to next week. Because I wanted to talk about that post amateur draft he's right we focus so much on college football but baseball if you got the nil deals now and these kids can make the same amount of money as their signing bonus is to sign with a major league baseball team which is usually the contributing factor for them not to go to college and instead try to you know make it into the big leagues that's a game changer Thank you, John Paul. That's what I'm talking about. Tad says he's going to be watching the Futures game. And at Hannah Five Names, don't forget, Sager mashes at Dodger Stadium. He is a former Dodger player. Martin has commented as well, in addition to his phone call, watching my umpires blow leads to the Boston Red Sox and Salty Steve. Are you up for some redneck golf this weekend? Green fees on you. Martin wants to play golf with Salty Steve. It is a no-salt Friday. We'll see if Steve keeps it that way. (laughs) That's going to do it for our number one. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. When we return here, we're going to talk Houston Astros baseball with our guy James Yasko from the Lima Time Time podcast. He'll join us next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. Everything gonna be alright this morning. 
Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. You know, I was thinking, we're going to be in Atlanta next week. Should I bring a boom box with me and just play Zydeco music for all the folks in ATL? Just saying. You know, we love the Zydeco here in Acadiana. It's part of the show. Do I need to bring it with me? Do I just need to be walking around the College Football Hall of Fame with a boom box, old school boom box, and just playing Zydeco music? They'd be like, what's, what's that guy doing? They're going to think to themselves, that big, bald, beautiful fella's living his best life. Just saying. It's an idea. I can make it happen. Good morning and welcome to our number two of RP3 and Company. We are efforting our bud James Yasko from the Lima Time Time podcast. We'll see if we can get him on. It's Friday. It's summer. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. We'll see if we can get him on and not make the producer angry because she's uh, she's got a look about her. You know, you know what makes Hannah Five Names, the producer extraordinaire, thrilled? Is when folks that are scheduled to come on don't answer their phone or Zoom call. Nothing makes her happier than it's, when she has to look to me and go, shakes her head and goes, no. I guess even better when they schedule their alarm clock to wake up for their interview for the PM instead of the AM. <laughs> it makes me so excited for life. <laughs> So we're going to try to get James Yesco on sometime this hour. It may be in a few minutes. Oh, we got him? Oh, there it is. Oh, it's time for us to bring on our first guest. It was a little iffy for a little while, but he has arrived with bells on, with a, a, a chipperness that we haven't seen in a generation the man from the Lima Time Time podcast and contributor for the Houston Chronicle and a man who's not sleepy at all. James Yasko joins us now on RP3 and Company. James, good morning. How are you? Hey, you know, to say that I've been awake for about 51 seconds, I'm, I'm doing really well. How are you doing? <laughs> Bud, are you, are you enjoying your summer being able to sleep in with the exception of Friday when you have to talk to us? I'm, I'm doing great. Absolutely no complaints. Are you just hanging? Are you talking to us right now in your bed in your PJs? Is that what's happening right now? No, my wife's still asleep, so I'm 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 in I'm in the other room. No, no, so uh, smart I'm, I'm man, smart man. Even being half groggy, you still had the the intelligence, the savviness to go. Oh no 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 no! I I, I got to go to the other room. I can't be waking up the wife on a day where she can sleep in. The, sur- the survival instinct is is definitely real. So I've, 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 it's, it's, we've been together about twenty years, and uh, yeah, no, I'm, there's no way I would do this in bed. 
All right, bud. You stayed up late to watch West Coast baseball, obviously. Pena steps up, and I, I've said it before. This team, even when they should lose a game by, you know, walking in runs yet again or having one of their stars get injured and have to be, you know, be forced to leave the game like Altuve did yesterday in the first inning with that contusion, yet they still find a way to win the ball game. They proved it again last night. Give me your big takeaways from uh, this uh, really hard-fought Angel series. Uh, I mean, the the biggest takeaway is that the, the, the Angels are just not good. Um, you know, so the you know the 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 Wednesday game aside, you know it's, they're just they're just a bad team. And you know, and I I put this on Twitter last night that the the Orioles are are closer in the in the division standings to the Yankees than the Angels are to the Astros. And you know, but but honestly, like you look at you, the, the Orioles might have more going for them as a franchise than the Angels do right now. So, yeah, it's good that that the Astros can can sort of tough out a a, a good series win, but but that you know it, it wasn't pretty. There wasn't anything pretty about really any of those games against Anaheim this time around. So, yeah, it's good 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 to win a series on the road. Um, did what they had to do, but but. Man, the, the, the Angels are just bad. They're just bad, but they still have Otani, and he was really good the other night, obviously. Um, but yet, they they don't know how to build a team elsewhere. All right, so let's talk um, about Altuve. It's just a contusion. He'll be day-to-day. Any concern here? And do you believe that they'll shut him down and not have him for the Oakland series and let him just rest up through the All-Star break? I mean, it's, you know, that's, that's certainly... Yeah, that, that would be an enticing possibility, um, you know, to, to where he'd get basically a, a week off. Um, you know, that's the, if you were thinking about putting him on the IL, you know, you you don't really have to do that if you just sit him for the next for the next three games and and just sort of let him, you know, let let him have the Oakland series off. Oakland's even worse than than Anaheim, so. Um, yeah, but I, I think you just—it it depends on Altuve. You let Altuve sort of make that call, uh, or or have some input into that call. So um, the fact that they they just they came out and said contusion, and not just you know lower body discomfort uh, or something you know totally vague, which is the Astros you know sort of mo. Um, you know that that's good. You know, it's, and nothing nothing broke. If, if I got hit in the shin by by a baseball, you would see my soul depart my body uh, from the batter's box. Like, yeah, I'd be playing a harp uh, as I ascended through the clouds. Everyone could see it and it'd be on camera and all that. So, um, <laughs> definitely dodged a bullet. You know, I guess uh, there. But yeah, you just kind of see how how Altuve feels. I would be super surprised if he played tonight. And at that point. You know, it's it's two games, and it's it, and again, it's Oakland. You know, so you know it, it, that that would be something to consider. It's just you know, let him let him just sort of have the next week off. Altuve is a starter for the All Star game. Jordan Alvarez was uh, selected for the All Star game. We know Jordan will not play in it because he's on the IL. We uh, expect Justin Verlander. Reports are that he's going to skip the All Star game. 
Do you expect Altuve to skip it as well? That would be three strows that were placed on it that will bypass the Midsummer Classic. Is that what you expect? The the interesting little dynamic is that it's at Dodger Stadium. Correct. And and so, you know, and, and from what I understand, uh the the Dodgers and, and especially the, the fan base of the Dodgers are still a little bit butthurt about twenty seventeen. No. Um, uh, for some reason, I don't. I don't know exactly what the reason is. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you have some insight into 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 why that that might be the case. I, I don't know. Um, but it's you know, I, is it you know? Because I mean, and they played it. I think they've played at Dodger Stadium since uh, since you know since you know the 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 trash can thing broke. Um, I don't know if that would play a role in it or not. Uh, I mean. I don't want to go anywhere and get booed, but but is that, that's that that's the that's the interesting thing to me is that you know if if you have the chance to just not have to put yourself through that, would you do it or because if, if Bregman was going, he'd be there one hundred percent for sure. Oh, he like doesn't he would, care. He would go <laughs> and absolutely like he'd he'd bring a trash can on the field with him and and hit it as he trotted to first base. I mean, it's you know it's it's. So that that's the that's the really interesting part of of this All Star game to me. So I don't I don't I don't I don't know. And and Dusty's the skipper, right? So so that's going to be part of it as well. So if you're Dusty, yeah, you're in the All Star game. That's great, but you have loftier expectations. You want your guys to be healthy. For like me, Verlander has no business being there. You want to give him the rest because you're going to need him for the stretch run. Uh, you can let Framer Valdez pitch, right? Because he, he'll get a chance to be an all-star and Kyle Tucker gets a chance to be an all-star. So those guys will really enjoy it because it'll be their first time. But Altuve, he's been there, done that. Verlander, been there, done that. Dusty, too, I don't know how much he's encouraging those veteran guys to actually play in the all-star game, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, obviously, you know, the the eye, given the the nature of the division lead, you know, the you, your eye is towards is towards October, and and yeah, you let the first time guys go, um, and and again, I think you leave it up to you you leave it up to your veterans, and I think I think Dusty is enough of a of a players manager that that if if Altuve is like, you know, I really don't want to go, uh, then I I think Dusty would Dusty would have his back. So um, you know, it's it's just a I think it's. The, a, a deep postseason run is, you know, is, is sort of paramount uh, to you know the the exhibition game that is the All Star game. We're talking with James Yasko. He's lively. He's alert. My man knows exactly what he wants to say before he says it. He's a co-host of Lima Time Time podcast and contributor for the Houston Chronicle. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, one final series against Oakland before the break. What's the most surprising thing you've seen from this year's Houston Astros team that you didn't expect when the season began? I th- I think it's it's sort of the how the how the organization you know you think about what the Astros have lost over the last few years and and yeah yeah you, I mean you look at the the hundred win seasons and and all of that good stuff um, but to lose Garrett Cole George Springer Carlos Correa. Zach Grinky, and I Grinky is a much different case than than the others, of course. But those are four, you know, centerpieces for for any other team. 
and and they've they've still won, you know, within within reach of sixty games by the All Star break. Um, just sort of how they the the organization has sort of reloaded and transitions from from one crop of 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 centerpieces to another, uh, not on the fly because that that would indicate that there's not really a plan, but but how they've gone from from just one, just how they said Pena was right. It, it, it took a, I mean, it's ballsy to to just not try to not try terribly hard to re-sign Carlos Correa uh, or or George Springer. Uh, Cole was probably never ever going to stay, but you know the those those are guys. Springer and Correa, you know, came up through the system that the fans were pretty attached to. And just be like, oh, yeah, no, we'll give you a token offer, but we think we have a plan that you know you're, we can replace you for league minimum, you know, for the for the next few years, and it and it work out. That's that's the that's what's wild to me. So that that's just sort of how Pena has kind of stepped in, and you know, and he cooled. I mean, he was hitting what like at one point this season, he's hitting like three hundred five, something like that. You know, he's cooled off a little bit, but but he's 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 sort of stepped in and, and been a, a pretty solid presence in the lineup. And, and that's, what's been surprising to me. So Jeremy's been the biggest surprise replacing Carlos Correa uh, to further on that though, James, and I've said this before, I've said it this week, actually what the Astros have that really no other team has in major league baseball with the exception of maybe the Dodgers is that they have a, a culture and they have an organization, a team that can lose stars, lose players, and yet be able to absorb it because they still have a core. And those veteran guys take on the load of responsibility, of the pressure, of knowing how to handle things. And that allows the younger guys, when they come up, when they're called upon, which typically would be a stressful situation to replace an all-star, yet they do it. See Jeremy Pena, see Tucker, see Jordan Alvarez. What does that tell you about how the Astros are ran? It's it's an incredibly efficient organization, and you know the the fact that you know the and and if you look at any of the farm system rankings, you know the Astros aren't going to be terribly high. I think Fangraphs had them at like number you know the twenty seventh ranked you know farm system in 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 MLB. Um, but when you've swung trades like the, like the Astros have swung trades in the last five years, you know that it, it makes sense that that's going to happen. But there there are still pieces in the in the farm system that that can that can help. I mean, we've we've been talking for you know what six weeks about about Hunter Brown uh, and how you know he's he's an injury away from from getting the call. Um, it just it, it's. It just shows that that there is a there is a short term plan and there is a long term plan with with the Astros front office and and they've executed it pretty seamlessly. Uh, you know, I don't know that that you could look to one decision and be like, man, that was freaking terrible. Um, you know, the the aside from you know the Carlos Gomez Mike Fires trade back in 2015, and at that point you're looking seven years in the past, and 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 that's crazy, and and that's not something that that Astros fans are, are are used to, I don't think, is that, you know, there, there comes a point where, because I had an Astros blog for like 12 years, 
and it was it was it was pretty easy to do when Ed Wade was the general manager. Uh, and you're like, what is, what is this decision? What is what? Where did this decision come from? And then when and not that I'm I'm not saying and by any means that I'm I'm better at base. I, I know more about baseball than Ed Wade. But but when the regime flipped to to Luno and and now to James Click, like it's it, it doesn't take long to realize, like man, that dude that that, that dude's just smarter than me. Like I, I just I, I I how do I criticize you know a general manager that I know uh, is you know is is a freaking genius and and that's a that's a really weird situation for fans to be in. All right, bud. Does this team? We'll wrap it up with this. Does this team need to make any sort of move? I mean, they're two wins away from getting to 60 by the All-Star break. Uh, they look like one of the best teams in baseball. Is there any type of move they need to make before the trade deadline comes and goes to ensure they can put together another World Series run? Um, I mean, you know, your your core is, isn't getting younger. You know, Altuve, you know, is is – He's not in the twilight of his career by any stretch of the imagination, but but it's if if you can make a move and and it doesn't you know it it, it doesn't sell your long term plan down the river then then I think you make that move. So I you know I think another reliever um, you know if, if if there is an outfielder available uh, you go ahead and and you make that call. Uh, it is a you know, if there's a, a Marwin Gonzalez type player that's available, just in you know, just with because I mean that that drop from Altuve to to Mauricio Dubon is that that's a pretty steep that's a pretty steep drop. If there's something that that shores you up that that makes sense that that you can maximize the chance of winning of winning a second World Series, then then I think you have to do it. James, thank you for making time, bud. I hope you have a tremendous day and a glorious weekend, my friend. Hey, so, so next week we're going to talk about Tom Pidcock's uh, pretty legendary stage on the Alta Juez or or the Premier League uh, transfer market. We'll get to that next week. Well, I'll, ha- I'll be having someone fill in for me next Friday as I'll be coming back from Atlanta for SEC Media Days. So I will get you connected with that, and maybe we can have some English Premier League <laughs> soccer talk live on RP3 and Company. That would be absolutely. I will host a show. I, I I'll, I'll, let's just, let's, I'll do it remote. Uh, but let the record show. I am willing to to have to have an hour a week, and it can be at eleven o'clock at night. I don't care. We'll, I'll, I'll, I will do that. Appreciate your time, bud. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. <laughs> we got to take a timeout. Oh, James, what a trooper! What a trooper! We got to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll update the poll question of the day. I'll get you to, to your comments. We'll also take your phone calls as well and give you the latest updates on the Open Championship. That's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Ooh, me, oh, my, you can score yourself a crawfish pie. No, no, 
You could score yourself an Apple Watch by simply sending a text message. I know you're on your phone all the time already. You're texting. You got the Twitter fingers. Why not take a few seconds of your day and shoot a text message to us? That'll allow you to join our text club. And once you do that, you're going to have the opportunity to score a brand new Apple Watch. Come on now. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. The game wants to hook you up with a new Apple Watch. All you have to do to win is join our brand new text club. Simply text the word GAME to 337-283-8100. That's GAME to 337-283-8100. Once you join, you will then be eligible to win a brand new Apple Watch. Plus, you're going to have tons of chances to score other great prizes like Houston Astros tickets and so much more. Once again, to join our brand new text club, simply text the word GAME to 337-283-8100. That's GAME to 337-283-8100. It's the game's brand new text club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Let's check in on the Open Championship, shall we? Shall we do that? DJ is your leader in the clubhouse. All by himself atop the leaderboard, Dustin Johnson. Wrapped up round number two with a five under 67. That pairs up nicely. With the four under 68 he shot in round one, he is nine under par for the Open Championship. Behind him, tied for second, Tyrell Haddon out of England. He's done with his round. He shot a six under 66 this morning. He's eight under for the tournament. Scotty Scheffler, back-to-back 68s. He's eight under as well, the American in contention at the Open Championship. Cameron Young, your first-round leader, who shot an eight under 64. Magnificent for the Rook. He'll be teeing off shortly. A little bit further back. Adam Scott recovers from that first-round 72 to shoot a seven under 65. To get seven under par for the tournament, he moved up 50 spots from round one to round two, by the way. He's now tied for fifth. Patrick Cantlay, who I like to win this tournament, was one of my picks before the tournament began. He shot a 70 in round one. He's right now five under par for round two through 10 holes. Rory McRoy yet to tee off. He's at six under par. Shot a 66 on round in round one. Jordan Spieth has moved up the leaderboard. He shot a 71. One under 71 in round one. He's four under through 11 so far this morning. Sam Burns, the former LSU star, shot an even par 72 yesterday through 10 holes today. He's four under. Ian Poulter, who shot a 69 in round one. He's only one under par so far today through the first four holes. 
Lee Westwood still to tee off. Sergio Garcia bounced back from a very poor round one where he shot three over. But the Spaniard came back 66 this morning, six under today. That puts him tied for 25th. John Rahm, he shot over par to begin the tournament in round one. He's much better today. Lots of low scores on the course today for round two there at St. Andrews. Four under for the day, three under for the tournament. Bryson DeChambeau has teed off. <clears throat> He's tied for 25, uh, 25th. He's even par through two holes. He shot an opening round 69. Xander Shoffley, who's in the mix. He shot an opening round 69, three under. He's yet to tee off. The projected cut line as it stands right now at 7.30 on this Friday morning is three under par. Have to be at three under par or better to make the cut, to make it for the weekend. What does that mean? Well, now obviously the cut line can move and it will likely move throughout the rest of the morning as round two comes to a close. But some names that are in danger of missing the cut as it stands right now. Ernie Els shot two under in round one. He needs to do some work. He's yet to tee off for round two. Phil Mickelson, lefty. He's began teeing off. He shot a he shot even par for the tournament. He's one under through three. So he's got some work to do if he wants to make the cut for this major. Once again, remember he missed the cut for the U.S. Open and then didn't even take part in the PGA Championship due to the live tour controversy. Go a little bit further down, looking for some other big names that are in danger of missing the cut. Webb Simpson is one over through six holes so far today. He's now back at even par for the tournament. John Daly, even par. Patrick Reed, Tommy Fleetwood are both at even par. So is Zach Johnson, Colin Morikawa. They all shot even par for round number one. So they'll have some work to do today. They've yet to tee off. Same thing for Justin Thomas and Shane Lowry. But it appears low scores are available out on the old course this morning. And, of course, Tiger Woods, who had an absolute dreadful, dreadful round one more than likely is not going to make the cut unless something magical happens for the 15-time major winner. I told you before, feels like that performance at the Masters a few years ago was his swan song. He's now seven over for the tournament. He's one over through 12 holes today. So we'll keep you up to date here on the Open Championship from St. Andrews. Right now, though, we got to take a timeout. When we return, open up the phone lines. Game hotline's open, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. We'll take your phone calls. We'll also update the poll question of the day. 
and get to your comments. That's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 15th, 1972. Lee Trevino beats Jack Nicholas by one stroke to become the first Open Championship winner to successfully defend his title in a decade. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's right. Listen up, fellas, because once you become a member of our rewards club, you're going to have the opportunity to score excellent prizes that'll help you take your lady out and show her a good time. You know you need to take her out more. We're going to help you that. Let us help you. Help us help you. You got to join the rewards club. That's the first thing. It's free. It's simple. We even have a video to show you how to do it. It's that simple. Go to our website, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Go check that out. That's that's tops on the list. Go become a member. It'll take you a few minutes. That's it. Done. And once you are a member, you're going to have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse down in Cypress Bayou. Mouth-watering steaks cooked to perfection just the way you like it. I like mine medium rare, by the way. Or you can get yourself a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, fresh Gulf seafood. Or you want something a little bit more cash, as they like to say. That's casual. $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, also at Cypress Bayou. In addition, once you become a member, you'll have the opportunity to win Astro tickets, concert tickets, station swag, and more. But you can only score these great prizes to help you with your date night blues by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Let's check in in the old poll question of the day, shall we? We asked you, what's on tap for the weekend? What are you checking out this weekend? Got plenty to entertain you with. Plenty. Astros Athletics. Final series before the All-Star break. Home run derby's Monday. All-Star game will be Tuesday. Is it that? Astros A's? Live from Oakland? Which you can, of course, listen to live right here on the game all weekend long. Is it the Open Championship? The fourth and final major of the year from the birthplace of golf, St. Andrews, the old course. Is it Major League Baseball amateur draft? That'll be taking place on Sunday, by the way. Can Jay Johnson be able to keep the guys that he's actually recruited to come to LSU, or will they decide to go to the show, go and sign that contract, get that big signing bonus? What about Raging Cajun stars? There's going to be a few right? That could possibly be drafted, even though there's less rounds to the draft. So the Major League Baseball amateur draft is Sunday. Or is it other? That's our poll question of the day. 
And right now, 37% of you say the Open Championship. 31% say other. 16% of P say Astros Athletic Series and Major League Baseball Amateur Draft. That's where we stand with the poll question of the day. I mean, look, I don't think you can go wrong with any of them. I'm just saying. I don't think you can go wrong with any of them. I'll be watching the Open Championship. I'll be tuning into some of the Astros, obviously because they're here on our station. I'll be checking in on my Braves. And I'll be paying attention to the Major League Baseball Amateur Draft. I'll also be paying attention to the road because I'll be driving to Atlanta this weekend. <laughs> I'm going to be staying with my cousin on Saturday in Mobile to, to divvy up the trip a little bit. We got Vacation Bible School that we are actually going to be helping teach at our church. So that'll be all day. And when that wraps up, on the road. Headed for Atlanta. Woo, here I come. There'll be no cannonball running it like Kevin and I did a few years ago. We went to the Raging Cajuns game at Georgia State. We went the night before. Spent the night at a hotel room like sensible people. The next day, they played their game. They played it early enough. So we write our stories and everything like that, Kevin and I. And he's like, Cat, call Cat. Yeah, let's just drive back tonight. I'm like, so you want to drive straight from Atlanta back home to Lafayette? He's like, oh, yeah, Cat. I'm like, all right, man. We powered through thunderstorms along the way. We're booking. We get about five hours into the trip, and I look to him, and he stopped talking. So you know. You know Kevin's tired when he finally starts shutting down. He starts stops, stops the talking. We're talking about like 70s soft rock and everything. And I'm like, Kat, you, you sure you don't want to go grab that hotel? Oh, no. Well, we're committed now. I said, all right. We were so tired when we got home. I didn't think we were going to make it. There'll be none of that. I can guarantee there'll be none of that driving straight through to Atlanta business. No, 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 no. Not this time. Not this time. But it's going to be fun. I've never been to the College Football Hall of Fame. I've been to Atlanta uh, multiple times. Back in the day, years ago, my first time to Atlanta, I was working for uh, the now defunct Toys R Us. I went and helped build a store outside of Atlanta. They put us up in a hotel room. And I was responsible for, after they put the shell of the store up, I was responsible for putting up all the signage and putting up shelving. That's what they used to do. They get groups of people from regional stores to come and help with that. And then a group from my store went back the went after we left and they stocked the shelves for the grand opening. On that trip, Braves were out of town. Couldn't see them. Next time I go to Atlanta, the Braves season was already wrapped up. It was Kevin and I went to the Georgia State game. The other time I went to Atlanta, there was no Braves baseball being played because it was the national semifinal between Oklahoma and LSU. <laughs> this time, guess what? I already checked. It's the all-star break. And the Braves are on the road. <laughs> so, there'll be four trips to Atlanta, and yet, you have yet to see my Braves play. I've seen my Braves play. 
just on the road. I've never seen them play in person. Will I be paying homage to the Hank Aaron home run marker in the parking lot of Georgia State's football stadium? Yes. I do it every time I go. But we're going to have a blast. Going to have a blast all next week. Let's get to some comments here on Facebook for the poll question of the day. Once again, what are you checking out this weekend? Astros Athletic Series, the Open Championship, Major League Baseball Amateur Draft, maybe figuring out what caterer you're going to use for your wedding, which is still 15 months away. I'm pretty sure that's what someone will be doing. James says, I'm down for watching the Mariners pick up a couple of more games on the Astros. Hashtag nine back by the All-Star break. So, James and who else is a Mariners fan? JBK the OD. JBK the OD, James and you are our Mariners trifecta. Let's go. Let's listen to you with the let's go. Come on, say it like you mean it. Let's go. There it is. I sound like James just now. (laughs) Thomas on Facebook says, of course, the Astros all weekend, but probably video games all weekend too. Thomas, I respect it. Get your game on, man. Me watching my eyelids and playing with my new groom. Jody says the open. So keep those comments coming on our poll question of the day. Leave them on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep them clean for the kids. Don't get don't get sideways. Don't get crazy with the comments. Just saying. I'll karate chop you. Boom. You don't have to worry about the Facebook police. You got to worry about Hannah Five names in the karate chop. I am a yellow belt. Awesome. I checked like 12, 15 years ago. Shout out to childhood accomplishments. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> how, how is all that training to get that yellow belt helping you now? Uh, when you asked me to kill bugs in the studio, by the way. Hey, they're flying in my head. I do not like that. <laughs> I actually tried to clean up our patio yesterday so we can move the grill out because like i'm not moving this big huge 200 pound grill outside of myself i moved our old grill and there was a a a little nest of like 12 wasps and i freaked out and my dog started barking because i think he thought i was in trouble but i was just scared because there's a bunch of wasps i've seen more wasps this spring than i've ever seen since we moved back to louisiana i i am constantly every i'm going through cans of wasp spray i am on it Every day, there seems to be more of them out and about. Black and red wasps than I've seen ever before. Dish soap and water killed the entire nest. And I actually, one got into our little old little can of uh, fluid to use for our old charcoal grill. And I just sat there and watched it as it just slowly died from all the soap that I <laughs> squeezed on it from the doorway. From the doorway, she says. Yes. <laughs> I was going to fly back at me, and they just like slowly trying to get the climb up, and I was like, "It's not working, bud. Just, just die now. Come on, let's go." I I'm always asked to because I, I'm I'm you know daddy in the house. So yeah. anytime there's a bug, I I have to be the one to kill it. My wife came in yesterday. 
And she goes, man, all the wasps. I says, there's more wasps out there. And I, I jumped up to go get my spray because I, I hit them. I stunned them to make them fall on the ground. And then I squashed them. Like, I, I don't I don't watch them. I just I just go ahead and murder all the wasps if I can. And apparently, I, I hadn't blown off the, the patio. There were so many of them. She goes, there's just nothing but wasp carcasses out on the carport. <laughs> and I was like, I'm doing my job. Yeah, usually I ask Kenneth to kill the bugs. But now I'll... Like try to tell Lacey, our cat, to do it first, and then I ask Kenneth to kill it because she'll hunt down a fly. Like I we had a tiny, tiny lizard, maybe two inches long, and that, somehow the cat took off his tail. Ah. So you just watched a tailless lizard trying to run up the door because the cat was playing with his tail that she took off. Well, there you go. She's terrorizing. Terrorizing. It's fine. It's fine. Nothing to yeah. see here. No. Not at all. <laughs> we got to take a timeout. Hopefully, we won't be attacked by wasp here inside the studio. Hopefully, this is a safe space. Hotline's open, 337-706-0111. We'll wrap up our number two. Give you an update from the Open Championship. That's all next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Uh, football season's right around the corner. Heck, we're going to Media Days next week in Atlanta. The following week, we'll be in New Orleans for Sunbelt Media Days. So football season will be here. And we know you love to entertain, have family, friends over to watch the games on Saturday, whether you're cheering on the McNeese Cowboys, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, the LSU Tigers, and then definitely on Sunday when you're cheering on the black and gold as a member of Houdat Nation. But what about that space? We know you have a great bathroom and a kitchen, but what about your man cave? What about that outdoor living area? That's why you need to reach out to my friends over at Lafayette Marble and Granite. Look, they're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. You know they do a great job with show-stopping countertops for your kitchens and your bathrooms, but they also can do man caves and outdoor living spaces. They can transform those spots into the envy of your neighborhood for game days in the fall. Go visit their website, lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com. Check out all the great products they have to offer, all the services, live inventories updated every single Wednesday. Or you know what? If you just want to simply stop by their showroom, you can do that as well. That's located on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford and the Jockey Lot. Once again, take that man cave outdoor living space where you love to entertain for football weekends and take it to the next level. My friends over at Lafayette Marble and Granite can help make that happen. Once again, go visit their website, lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com, Lafayette Marble and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Let's check in on the Open Championship, the fourth and final major of the season for the world of golf. They're held in the birthplace of golf. St. Andrews, the old course. Give you an update here. Tiger Woods continues his struggles through 13 holes. He's now seven over par for the tournament. He is going to miss the cut and miss it in epic fashion. But atop the leaderboard here, Dustin Johnson remains at number one. He shot a five under 67 today. That pairs up nicely with 
the four under 68 he shot yesterday. He's your leader. Tyrell Haddon is tied for second. He shot a 66 today. His round's done. Scotty Scheffler is in the clubhouse as well. He shot a 68, back-to-back 68s for Scotty. Cameron Smith, he's teed off now. He's through three holes. He's three under through three. He's marched up the leaderboard. He's now tied for second as well. Cameron Young, the young fella from Wake Forest, the rookie who shot a six under yesterday to, I'm sorry, eight under to lead the tournament yesterday. He's through one at even par today. He's tied for second as well. Adam Scott, 65 today, seven under. He's in the mix, tied for six. Patrick Cantlay through 12 holes. He's five under today, seven under for the tournament. Rory McIlroy's yet to tee off. Jordan Spieth is four under on the day, five under for the tournament. Sam Burns, five under on today and five under for the tournament as well. Lots of low scorers out there at St. Andrews this morning. We'll keep you up to date with the Open Championship throughout the rest of today's show. But right now, we got to take a timeout. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three coming up. Nick Fondo, Cash and Tickets, will join us in 20 minutes. We'll have TJ Jones from the State of the Saints podcast join us in half an hour. Talking all things black and gold. Not to mention, we'll unveil our Game Changer of the Week phone call. That's all coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Friday has arrived. Hour number three is here. Final hour of the day. Final hour of the week. Woo, man. We're going to finish strong for you. Don't worry. We're going to give you everything you need to kick off your weekend the right way. TJ Jones from the State of the Saints podcast will be joining us at 8.30 to talk all things black and gold. It'll be the, wait for it, Big Easy Blitz. (laughs) Ah, yes. 20 minutes from right now, Nick Fondo, the semi-pro gambler, is going to give you tips, his favorites, his expertise when it comes to the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby competition on Monday. Maybe a little All-Star game as well. And some thoughts on the Open Championship as well. That's all coming up. Speaking of the Open Championship, as part of our coverage this morning, live coverage. Now, was I was I able to convince them to send me to St. Andrews to broadcast live from there? No, we weren't able to pull that off. A, because that would be an enormous cost. B, I didn't put together a proposal. But, exciting golf going on over there at St. Andrews. Once again, your leader as it stands right now. Round two 
is in the books for many golfers. Dustin Johnson is your leader. Nine under par. He shot five under 67 today. You have a group of three that are tied for second place. Tyrell Haddon, the Englishman, six under today with a 66. He's at eight under par. Scotty Scheffler shot a 68. He's eight under par as well. And Cameron Smith, the Australian, he's eight under for the tournament, three under through three holes. He's tied for second. Then you have a group there. Gooch shot a 69 today. He's tied for fifth. Adam Scott shot a 65 today. Bounce back performance by him. He's tied for fifth. Patrick Cantlay, he's through 12 holes. He's five under today. I told you before the start of the tournament, I liked him. I liked him to win. He's in the mix. Seven under for the tournament. Rory McIlroy has yet to tee off. He shot six under, only two strokes back of the first round leader. He shot a first-round 66, so he's in the mix. Sam Burns, the former LSU star, after shooting even par for round number one through 12 holes this morning, he's five under. Jordan Spieth, through 13 holes, is three under today. He'll be in the mix. Lee Westwood has yet to tee off. He's tied for 15th at four under. Sergio Garcia bounced back from 75 for round one, 66 today. Looks like he's going to make the cut at three under par. The projected cut line, Bryson DeChambeau also in the mix. He's even par through four after shooting a three under 69 yesterday. Xander Shoffley, three under, 69 yesterday as well. He's still set to tee off this morning as well. Projected cut line. Earlier was supposed to be two under. So a couple guys still work to be done. Patrick Reed, Colin Marikawa, Shane Lowry, Justin Thomas. Those are some big names they've yet to tee off this morning. They'll do so here shortly. And of course, Tiger Woods, beloved, fan favorite, and that's great, but do not believe that the big fella is going to be making the cut. Projected cut line now is plus three. So that's changed. That'll be fluid throughout today. today's second round action. It'll go up and down, up and down. So plus three. Kevin Na in danger of not making the cut. Keegan Bradley, another name in danger of not making it. Gary Woodland. Mark Leishman, and of course, Tiger Woods, who threw 14 holes this morning, is one over. He's seven over for the tournament, tied for 147th place. So we'll continue giving you updates about the Open Championship from St. Andrews. Of course, Houston Astros win last night in dramatic fashion there in the top of the 10th inning as the rookie Jeremy Pena Comes up with a clutch hit and had to do so after Jose Altuve had to leave the game with a foot uh, with a contusion in the first inning. No Brantley, no Altuve, no Jordan Alvarez. You got your starting pitcher out there walking in batters to tie up the game. 
Low-scoring affair, but Pena comes up with the clutch hit in the 10th inning as they win 3-2. to two. They take 2-3 two or three from the Halos. They're now at 58 wins, and they got a three-game series to wrap up the first half of the season. They'll do that in Oakland. First pitch tonight, 7-10 for Astros Athletics. Sorry, Astros that game is not in Oakland. It's actually at home. I misspoke. These things, they happen. I get confused easily. You can listen to all of those games, of course, on our station. We're your home for the Houston Astros. Stros. Take two or three. You'd like him to take two or three from Oakland. Not really necessary. You're wrapping up the first half. You know you're going to give Verlander rest during the All-Star break. He's probably going to skip it. Jordan Alvarez is not going to play in it. Altuve, you could go ahead and decide to shut down as well, right? You could tell Jose, hey, don't need you back. Don't worry about it. We got you covered. Just take your time. Yeah, it's great that you were named a starter, but, eh, you know. No need to get crazy. Get you some rest. I do expect Framer Valdez and Tucker to take part in the All-Star game. I believe it's the first for both of those players. So it'll be a cool experience for them. And, yeah, it's in Los Angeles. It's at Dodger Stadium. And that's a bit of a pill. Right, because you're going to more than likely get booed. But, hey, it's the All-Star game. And you get to enjoy it. But the Strohs, look, man, they got everything rolling the right way for them. Even when they have an off night, even when their pitcher walks in runs, even when they lose one of their stars early in the game to an injury, even when they can't get enough runs, they find a way to win ball games. It's a sign of a great team. Anyone can win games by 10 runs and look great doing it. Hey, you beat the competition. You post an 8-1 victory or a 10-2 victory. You clobber three or four home runs in the game. Okay. There's a lot of teams that can do that. Can you win the tough ones? Can you win ugly games? Can you do that? That's the big question mark for a lot of teams. And a lot of teams are unable to do that. A lot of them are unable to win ugly games. The Astros can win ugly games. That's going to matter. That's going to matter down the stretch run. That's going to matter for the postseason. Because it's not about style points. It's not about how good you look or how pretty it looks. It's just about getting the job done. Finding a way to win is all that matters. This is a team sport. As much as we love to talk about MVPs, as much as we love to talk about the stars of the sport, baseball's a team sport. And the only thing that matters is not the individual accolades. The only thing that matters is finding a way to win. And the Astros, better than most, have the capabilities of finding ways to win games. They find ways to win games. Even when they're not their best, they still find a way. 
That's a sign of a great team. Once again, the three-game set is here this weekend in Houston. The next time they play will be in Oakland. Why are you making them come back home, though? See, common sense told me, oh, you're making them play in Los Angeles. Wouldn't you just let them stay out there on the West Coast and play the A's, too, before the All-Star break? But Major League Baseball is like, no, no. Get done with your game. (laughs) Get done with your night game on a Thursday. Get on the plane, come back home, and play another night game on Friday back in your home stadium. Yeah, they got home at 4.45 this morning. See, that's just dumb. Yeah. Look, look, I hate the West Coast games. And, and, And that stems from being a kid back in the day and having to play in the same division with the Dodgers like the Braves did. I know what you're thinking. What, what? The Los Angeles Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves, they're on separate coasts. They played in the same division. They sure did. And you have to stay up super late for those games, right? And a lot of times I'd have to miss them because I'm a kid. I have school the next day. But sometimes if I was over at my grandparents' house, my grandfather would stay up and he'd be like, ah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You, you, you stay up. You listen to the game with me because we'd always listen on the radio. So why do that? Right. Well, they say so. They come. They came home. They're playing against Oakland for the next series. Seven ten first home. pitch tonight. You can and listen then, to it live right here. And then they play the two games against the doubleheader against the Yankees. Which one of them is a rescheduled game? Right, which yes. is at home. Then they go to the Mariners. Okay. To play the next series. Then they go to the Athletics to play the following series, and then they come home to finish out July to play against the Mariners again. So the next full so okay so so they're, they're they're pairing up another West Coast trip for them with Seattle and Oakland yeah okay all right I mean I guess but still you're, you're with the lockout being the way it was and then you know you're gonna cram in these games to get 162 in you could have done a little bit of a better job there so my apologies for misspeaking the series will be at Minute Maid Ballpark this weekend. You, of course, can listen to it live right here on the game. First pitch for tonight's game between the Athletics and the Astros will be 7-10. Astro launch will begin at 6-35 with Robert Ford and Steve Sparks on the call. We have somebody out on the hotline. Oh, I love it. Let's get this in. Oh, Brent. What's on your mind, brother? Good morning to you. Thank you for calling. Okay, man. I uh, appreciate you taking the call. I want to ask you a question. Uh, I know you're going to the SEC uh, thing next week. Uh, I want to ask you your opinion. How many lies you think you're going to have to listen to? And <laughs> one of the other questions about Major League Baseball players, the salary they get. I kind of heard this. I don't know if you've been able to answer this question or not, but every city they go in, they, they supposedly, I heard that they get a tax form because they have to pay a performance tax for every city they go in. Did you ever hear that, or do you know anything about that? I appreciate the phone call, Brent. I'll try to answer both of those questions for you, bud. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Okay. For the second question, no, I am not educated on that. I will confer with Kevin Foote, and we will find out about this performance tax thing that Brent just brought up. So we will share that information with you as soon as we get it. As for his first question, how many lies do I expect to hear at SEC Media Days? 
<laughs> it will be four days of lies. It will be four days. I remember the only time I went to SEC Media Days, we broadcast there a few years ago. It was before the pandemic hit. And it was in Hoover that year. Every coach believes they have a team that can win a championship. Uh, they're all overly confident. And there'll be tons, tons of misinformation that's out there. And then you'll have certain players that'll be very braggadocious. I remember that year, Texas A&M had the quarterback. And he got on stage and he said that he thought he was the best quarterback in the SEC. It was like Tua and Joe Burrow were in the league at the time. <laughs> it was like, no, no, bud. That's great that you think that. I want my quarterback for my team to believe that he is the best in the league. But man, it's it's media days. There's nothing but nothing but nonsense that's going to be <laughs> sent out throughout the four days. Uh, there'll be plenty of rumors that'll be swirling around. Oh, so and so is doing this, or so and so is. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta be able to kind of sift through the nonsense they call it a circus for a reason brent they call it for a circus for a reason brother good phone call thank you brent appreciate that hope you have a tremendous weekend but right now it's time for us to unveil the best phone call of the week it came down it was it was is debated between five names and I between two individuals who was it who's going to be named the game changer of the week well here he is here is this week's rp3 and company game changer let's head back out to the hotline welcome on our guy Doug Doug good morning to you brother What's on your mind, my friend? Oh, morning, Ray. Uh, first thing, Ray, that segment yesterday morning with Chris, that was the best college realignment uh, uh, conversation that, that I've heard yet. I mean, it really cleared it up for me, man, and uh, that was a great segment. He's Thanks great. He's that, great. Man. Chris Vanini of The Athletic. And you know what's, what's great about Chris, too, Doug, is that he do, he just doesn't cover the big boy conferences. He pays attention to the Sun Belt and to the, the right. group of five conferences as well. So he really understands what's going on on all levels of college football. That's what makes him so great. Yeah, you, you could tell by his conversation. He knows what he's talking about. And then, I mean, you got it too, Ray. The both of y'all together really cleared it up for me. And now, Ray, Lamar Jackson, uh, he's not in my top five either, but certainly in my top ten. And if anybody noticed anything, last year he got better at his passing game. Yep. I believe Coach Harbaugh worked with him, got him to uh, throw the ball a little bit more, you know, slow down on those happy feet uh, and, and play quarterback. He's too much uh, Michael Vick for me, you know? Yeah, and it's one of those things that you have to like teach that. him, right? You have to teach him just like Vick had to learn later on to be a great passer or a better passer with Andy Reid in Philadelphia when he kind of revitalized his career post-prison. Lamar Jackson's having to learn how to do that because, look, all the all these guys, when they go to college, especially like a guy like Lamar, right? Hey, right. utilize your legs. It does doesn't matter yeah. right it doesn't yeah. matter do whatever you can and that was he was coached by of course Bobby Petrino is do whatever you can to put up points and to score points but you're right I mean you look at his completion percentage uh, last year 64.4 percent the year before 64.4 percent they've gotten better though he's looked better with the completion percentage it's more yeah, than just numbers better, yeah Ray. really does Joe Burrow's in my top five though. there you go bud I knew <laughs> I knew it I knew it appreciate the phone call Doug enjoy your Thank day you, brother Ray. that was this week's 
RP3 and Company Game Changer of the Week. Shout out to our guy, Doug, for being the Game Changer of the Week. Look, anytime when you're complimentary to the host or the producer, just letting you know that's going to give you a leg up on the competition when it comes to being the Game Changer of the Week. <laughs> we got to take a timeout. When we return here on this Friday edition of RP3 and Company, Nick Fondo. How is he going to bet the home run derby on Monday? What about the all-star game? What about the open championship once we get to the weekend and get through the cut line? Who does he like? Maybe we'll squeeze in a little Tour de France action. What? Cycling bets? Maybe coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tired of having your pockets emptied out due to bad sports bets? 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Go! Listen up, because it's time to take down some notes and get paid with advice from semi-pro gambler Nick Fontenot. I get so nervous when I gamble. I'm so silly. Here is Cashing Tickets on 103.7 The Game, Acadiana's sports station simulcast on Stadium 32.3. Nick, good morning. How is your Tour de France betting going, my friend? Oh, man, my guy, uh, Tadai, whatever his Pogachar, whatever his <laughs> name is, he got, a, he got what, the, what the cycling enthusiasts are calling attacked on the course by, uh, by some, one of the competitor teams or whatever. I don't know anything about cycling, but this dude was supposed to win the Tour de France. He was minus 300 last week. Now he's plus 450. He's in fourth place. He pretty much has no chance to win. So uh, that's that's gambling right there, man. And sure shot, no doubter, uh, gets attacked on the course, and uh, and he's not going to win. So uh, that that's that's how it goes most times. So yeah, not 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 looking good for you. See, that's that, that's what you get for gambling on things that occur in the French Alps. I mean, really, man. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, but this thing was a no doubter, like for real. If you if you did any kind of research, I mean, everybody was saying this guy was going to win. And after the first week of the tour, I mean, he was dominant, and he was minus three hundred to win. There was nobody that was going to catch him, and then all of a sudden, one of these Italian teams just kind of gets gets behind uh, this German driver Jens Vindegaard, and, and they kind of push him to the front, and, and that was it. I mean, it's been kind of fun following because I had a little bit of money on it, and. And that, that's also a factor to it, right? You, you follow stuff that you don't really follow or you watch stuff that you wouldn't normally watch. And the way you do that is put a little bit of action on it. And so that's kind of what's been fun about this whole process. Even during football season and during the most popular sports, you know, you have a game on or something that you don't normally watch, throw a few bucks on it, and now it's interesting. So I've, I've kind of had fun following the tour, and I, I think my chances to win money are kind of over, though. Let's talk – Let's stay on that side of the pond, so to speak. Let's go over to the Open Championship because I tried to warn people about Tiger Woods (laughs) at the Open Championship, and yet, you know, people still want to hold out hope. I think his master's performance from a couple of years ago was a swan song. One last great iconic moment for the guy because the body is just breaking down. He's not going to make the cut. What was the betting line on Tiger before the tournament? Uh, uh, what, what was that like? What was the action like? Not as great as it normally is. I mean, Tiger's odds are usually inflated just because it's Tiger and a lot of people are putting money on it. So it doesn't necessarily reflect what Vegas thinks is favor 
or what his chances are to win, it just reflects how much money is on Tiger. And so Vegas is trying to offset that in case he does have a magical tournament like he did in the Masters and wins it, then all this money that's being bet on Tiger is not going to pay as much as, you know, a normal long shot would. So that's why Vegas kind of sets his odds high. He was not anywhere near the top of the of the favorites. That was Rory and Scheffler, and, and those guys are near the top of the leaderboard right now. Tiger was somewhere in the middle of the pack. A little better odds than he should have had. I mean, he should have been probably in that lower tier, but he was in that second tier of golfers. And, and yeah, it, it may be his swan song. I personally think he has one more left in him. I think he'll, he'll get a random major uh, at some point in the next three or four years. I don't think it's going to be the British Open. I mean, those the the – you know, the environment in in in, uh, in Scotland right now is not conducive to a guy who just had major reconstructive leg surgery to be walking up those hills and stuff. So the British Open is probably not going to be where he gets it done, but he's going to get a major uh, probably in the next three or four years, I think. It's, it's just, what not going to be this week? He's had a pretty rough go at it. Yes. Uh, you know, look, I, I think he could sneak in and get another one um, is, is if he continues becoming the $6 million man, rebuilding him and making him a cyborg, he probably could win one. Um, because that body is just breaking down on him. It's just sometimes painful to watch. Too much torque, right, over the years. He just it, – it, it, too right. much. It was too much on his body. The body's not supposed to to take uh, hitting golf balls violently as Tiger did. And we're seeing that with the younger cats as well that came up and followed the Tiger model of health, fitness, working out, and hitting the ball a country mile – those guys are even younger, and their bodies are breaking down, like Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. All the big hitters that try to follow Tiger are kind of having to go through the same things he's going through. And so that kind of makes sense as to why those two guys you mentioned, Kepka and DeChambeau and a couple of those guys, going over to the Live Tour, right? They, they, they won their majors. They, they played the PGA. They got it done. They won their majors. And now they're going over to the Live Tour where it's going to be less golf, less, uh, less strenuous on, on, on strain on their body. And they're able to play golf a little bit more, 54 holes, fewer tournaments, more money. Like, it makes a lot of sense. Those guys had their chance. It doesn't make sense for the younger guys, I think, who, who like Tiger said in his interview, those guys are never going to get a chance to play major championships. And that's what they've grown up dreaming about. But uh, as, as far as gambling goes, I, I like Dustin Johnson is leading at minus nine. I didn't see that happening. If anybody took that at the beginning of the tournament, they're probably – they're probably sitting with a pretty good ticket right now, but uh, well, what about right yeah, now, it's, Nick? It's what what if what if you didn't get your bets in before the start of the tournament, and here you are? How do you do this? I mean, what's available to you? Because obviously the odds are have shifted greatly. You're probably not going to win a ton of money now, correct? Well, you know, it's, it's not that's not so much the case in, in golf or individual sports because the odds are still going to be pretty high. Like for instance, the favorite right now to win the tournament is Rory McIlroy. He hasn't teed off yet today. But he's plus 380. So think about that. That's the favorite. That's the number one guy that Vegas thinks is going to win this tournament. And he's plus 380, so still plus money. So there's plenty of money to be made. The, the smarter bets are to make, get guys to finish in the top 10 or the top 20. That gives you a little bit of a bit of leeway. I mean, if you're picking a, a guy to win the tournament, you're pretty much throwing the dart at the dartboard. If you're at the roulette wheel, you're picking it to hit nine right you're not picking it to hit red or black and those are going to give you the better odds so those odds are not going to pay as much but you probably have a better chance to win but still if you want to just pull for one individual guy the favorite right now is Rory McIlroy plus 380 the leader Dustin Johnson he's plus 900 he's the leader of the tournament after he's in the clubhouse at minus nine and he's plus 900 to win the tournament so there's still a lot of money to be made at the British Open all right bud we'll get you out of here with home run derby the field is set Hannah five names is very excited because her young 
Seattle Mariner superstar in the making is going to be in the home run derby. Pete Alonso is the two-time champ. He's taking on our guy Ronald Acuna in the opening round of the home run derby. What are the betting odds as it stands right now a few days out from Major League Baseball's home run derby on Monday? Well, Alonzo's the favorite. He's 2-1 to one plus 200. You know, the favorite usually doesn't win these things. I remember a few years ago where uh, Giancarlo Stanton was, the, he was minus money. He was like minus 150 to win the whole thing. And he, didn't even, he didn't even win the first round of the home run derby. The way it's set up, the favorites don't normally win. I actually like Julio Rodriguez at plus 1,000, 10-1 odds. Julio Rodriguez. Now, I mean, he's he's not going to be a flashy winner. He's not going to be like Acuna or Juan Soto or Schwarber, and those guys are up top. But at ten to one, if you're if you're hand of five names, you're sitting there with a few bucks. Ten to one on Julio Rodriguez. That's a pretty good a pretty good deal. But there's a lot of money to be made on a home run derby, and it's just a fun event. You can bet by the round. You can bet the whole derby. It's a fun event to watch and, and a fun event to have money on as well. Bud, appreciate your time as always. And, uh, yeah, we won't be doing this segment next Friday because I'll be off, but you'll be here inside the studio guest hosting, filling in for your boy. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of sports betting talk, soccer talk, Seattle Mariners talk. Uh, People will be called uh, cats. It'll be all types of stuff going on next Friday. Yeah, I got, I got a few. I got a few tricks up my sleeves. Me and Hannah are behind the scenes scheming a few things, trying to bring the ratings up for you, right? <laughs> Thank you, brother. Enjoy your weekend, bud. <laughs> all right, man. See you. We got to take a time out. More RP3 and company coming up. TJ Jones, our buddy from the State of the Saints podcast, is going to join us for the Big Easy Blitz. That's next. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Houdan is ready for Saints talk. The give to Camara, breaks through, spins at the two, into the end zone, touchdown! Time to talk Saints with the Big Easy Blitz here on RP3 and Company. Uh, TJ, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Ray, how you doing, man? It's been a, it's been a while, man, but uh, thank you for having me. It has been a minute, brother. How's your summer going, man? Man, it's going fine, man. Um, I, I've enjoyed it. You know, it, it seems like it's going by pretty fast, but it's been rainy uh, this whole week on uh, where I am right now. But nevertheless, I mean, I'm enjoying it. You're enjoying it, bud. Look, man. Glad your summer's going well. Let's get right to it, bud, because we got to talk about the black and gold here. Mm -hmm. Training camp right around the corner. My first question to you is this. Mm -hmm. What position group is the one that you're paying the most attention to when training camp ramps up in less than a few weeks? I mean, the tight end position. Uh, That that goes without saying. The tight end position is the biggest unknown uh, position uh, that the New Orleans Saints have to deal with. Look, Adam Troutman was supposed to be the guy. I mean, I, I can't sugarcoat that enough. He was supposed to be the guy when Josh Hill left and Jared Cook uh, decided to go to Los, uh, Los Angeles to with the Chargers. He was supposed to be the guy that replaced him. And he had all upside. And people were comparing him to the likes of people like Rob Gronkowski. He had that type of upside. But he has never, he has not lived up to those expectations. And you have a lot of uh, members of the Houdat Nation, as well as some of the members of the coaching staff, they want to know what this guy is made out of. You know, I heard that he went to a Travis Kelsey tight end school, 
But my question is, did he graduate? You know, like, you know, a lot of people, they go to school, but they don't get the credits to acquire graduation, you know? So did he graduate is the big question, but that, that would be the biggest issue uh, that the Saints would be facing going to training camp, in my opinion. So you're focused on tight end. That's one of the, the top ones to you. And and that yeah. I, I want to go down that road because mm-hmm. everyone just says, oh, it's going to be Taysom Hill. It's going to be Taysom Hill. I, I don't think it's going to be. I firmly think you're going to see tight end by committee. This notion that you're going to have him, Taysom Hill, put up Benjamin Watson, Jeremy Shockey, and definitely not Jimmy Graham numbers, that you're going to see him putting up huge tight end one numbers. I just don't see it. I think it's going to be tight end by committee here and uh, Taysom's going to be used elsewhere as well what do you think about that well I think that Taysom is going to go to the Swiss Army role I just think that a lot of people that just assume that because he's going to be playing more tight end they just automatically assume like he's just going to take it by storm because the majority of the touchdowns he scored in the NFL uh, he was at that particular position which I can understand that you know but at the same time uh, Taysom Hill is way more valuable than just playing the tight end position. I mean, you can line them up in so many different ways. I t- I think people that are talking about Taysom Hill uh, in that regard are people that just are undying, unwavering fans of Taysom Hill and want him to do well. And because he tries really hard, they just expect for him to just, you know, be a natural at that position. But I don't see that. I see him doing, you know, a multifacet of things uh, to help the team be successful this season. I think you're going to see a multitude of things as well, and I think you're going to see multiple guys line up at the tight end spot, and I think you're going to utilize Taysom, like you said, TJ, in that capacity from the perspective of being the you know the joker role, right? The, the, the wild card, you, you can throw him anywhere on the field. Right. I'm also fascinated by offensive line, right? Because mm-hmm. you know you got Ramchek, you're locked in at right tackle. You know you got McCoy, who's good but not great at center. Right. Hurst, I think, can handle the responsibilities of being in the left tackle until the young fellow from Northern Iowa is developed. My big question mark is, can Doug Marone fix Andres Pete and make him not be pond water and actually make him be a good pass protector and not do the Olay that he does constantly? And can he fix Cesar Ruiz? How critical is Doug Marone fixing that offensive line to the Saints' success this season? I mean, it's extremely critical. Uh, This is the year that's going to decide a lot of things, uh, especially for guys like Cesar Ruiz and Andrews Pete. Look, Cesar Ruiz uh, has been in the league, I want to say this is going into his third season. And he's a guy that the Saints uh, spent the first-round draft pick on. Look, When when a team spends a first-round draft pick on you, they expect for you to uh, be one of those cornerstone players for years to come. Uh, He has not been. He he has not lived up to that that first-round pick uh, you know, it back, you know, back in the day. And this is the year that's going to decide that. Uh, as far as Andrews Pete, what you see is what you get. You know, if it walks like a duck, sounds like a duck, flies like a duck, it's a duck. You know, he is who he is. Um, he has some good qualities, you know, but I feel like the Saints may need to go in another direction, maybe after this season when it comes to him. But as far as like helping the offensive line, Doug Marone is the guy. He's always been the guy everywhere that he goes. Uh, when it comes to like you know fixing you know offensive lines and that that's what he does. So I expect for them to have improvements. Uh, as far as uh, James Hurd and Trevor Penning, uh, we don't know what Trevor Penning is right now. Uh, he's a raw talent, which everybody knows that he is. But I say this: uh, if he's 
anything more than what the Saints thought he was uh, going into the draft, you start him. I mean, that, that's just how it goes. You know, James Hurst, that, he'll be a good, solid backup for him. But you don't spend first-round picks on guys that you just want to have on the bench. If he's anything, uh, a little bit more than what you, you thought he was, you put him out there. We're talking with T.J. Jones of the State of the Saints podcast. He joins us here on RP3 and Company for the Big Easy Blitz. Are you happy with what the running back situation is right now this morning on July 15th? No, I'm not. Um, I, I look at it, okay, I look at it uh, as a positive and a negative. Um, all, is it a positive thing that they have not really honestly pursued other running backs that are out there? Maybe there's something that they send in-house Maybe they've seen some improvements from some of the guys that they have. Maybe a guy like Abram Smith coming out of Baylor. Maybe he's living up to those expectations. I mean, maybe something is going on in-house. Uh, but I will say this. If they have an issue at the running back position, for example, if, if Alvin Kamara ends up getting suspended and the Saints, they parade their running back crew out there and they don't live up to expectations, uh, I am going to be very upset about that. And I think that Saints fans should be upset about this because you have an opportunity to do something right now. Training camp is just around the corner and you can bring a guy in via trade or a guy maybe in free agency that can come in to help uh, the situation. Uh, teams have to be prepared, man. That's that's one thing about Sean Payton. You know, he was he was tedious. You know, he was he, he looked for the small things, rather it was cleats or weather control things that he can actually control he he, he over prepared and I feel like the Saints need to follow suit so if Alvin Kamara just so happened to be suspended you don't I mean he is a great talent you're going to have some drop off but you want to be able to replace him with quality talent and if the Saints don't do that uh, and they parade these guys out here and they don't live up to everybody's expectations I think the Saints fans should be very upset by that but TJ let me let me rebuttal here just just for the just just for sake's purposes here. Mm -hmm. Okay, I get that. But every time they go out and try to get themselves a name, a veteran guy to bring in at the running back position, they end up cutting them anyway. Whether they're right. a former Dirty Bird or former rushing champion like Adrian Peterson, it typically never works. And the guys that do work for them are their own guys that they sign and develop as undrafted guys like a Pierre Thomas, like a Robinson, and like the young man out of Baylor this year. So right. I, I guess that that's my that that would be my my counter argument is who is even out there for them to go spend money on? And typically when the Saints do that at the running back position, it doesn't work out. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, that's why I was saying like maybe there's something that that you know behind the scenes that we don't know about. You know, like, you know, sometimes like we as, you know, fans or people that, you know, that follow sports, we have a tendency to look for big names. I'm not looking for big names. I don't care who it is. I mean, you you can find diamonds in the rough that are out there that nobody really knows that much about. And that guy can come into your organization and, and be beneficial. And I do agree. You know, the Saints throughout history have done really well with guys that they have developed in-house. I mean... You look at a guy like Darren Sproles, that's that's probably the only exception I can think of right now. But I do agree with that. I, I have no, but I, I'm just saying, like, if let's just say, for example, those guys don't pan out, then it's going to be really, really frustrating because you had a guy like uh, David Johnson who came in. It wasn't that he wasn't good enough. The Saints liked what they saw. It was just a contract situation. 
he felt like he wanted more money than what the Saints were willing to give him, which I understand that's the business. But um, you want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to try to make your team, uh, you know, as, as top uh, tier as you possibly can, especially from what we've seen uh, from that offense last year. I think people are looking for something of a change and they want to see some guys that are going to do something uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Offensive side of the ball, they establish wide receiver. You know, you got Thomas coming back healthy. You draft Chris Olave. You bring in Jarvis Landry. But we are all assuming that Michael Thomas is going to be healthy. We assumed that last year, too, and look what happened. Do you still have trepidation, and should Saints fans have trepidation about Michael Thomas being 100% for this season? Uh, Of course. I mean, anytime you have a talent like Michael Thomas, I mean, all pro, uh, Offensive player of the year, you know, first time that was done at, at the wide receiver position for Cooper Cup, you know, this year, I mean, this past year, but Jerry Rice back in the 90s. I mean, the guy's talented. I get it. But I will say this, Ray, um, I don't have that same type of panic, you know, like I had last year. Like Michael Thomas was important. He was extremely important. I mean, because we do, outside of him, there was a huge drop off at, at talent. When you bring in a guy like Chris Olave, who has broken records uh, at a at a powerhouse like Ohio State, with all those talented wide receivers that have come through that school, and you have a guy like Jarvis Landry, who has been a really good receiver in his own right, uh, you, you're kind of more at ease. Of course, you want Michael Thomas to be out there, but you don't feel like the offense is just in panic mode, like because you have two quality guys that are out here. Uh, Michael Thomas has a lot to prove. Uh, he has a a huge chip on his shoulder. Uh, I have never seen him really put out workout tapes. That's just not him. He's just showing people that all of these talented receivers that are out here right now, everybody's talking about the Justin Jeffersons, the Jamar Chase, the CD Lambs. Well, once upon a time, you know, people were putting me as the top wide receiver in all the football when the NFL top 100 came out back in 2020. So Michael Thomas has something to prove. I expect for him to prove it. And, you know, being gone for 18 months, if you're passionate about something and you it get taken away from you, you have that hunger. So I expect for Michael Thomas to be back to who he was before he was injured. All right, bud. Tell the people how they can follow you on social media and where they can go to catch the State of the Saints podcast, one of the best Saints podcasts out there, brother. Well, Ray, I appreciate that. Uh, the State of the Saints podcast is available on YouTube.com. Uh, you can search uh, the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, we're also available on all streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartMedia. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, we're, we're just a uh, you know passionate uh, show. Love the Saints, uh, and uh, we're very interactive. So check us out. Brother, appreciate your time. We'll have you on again during training camp and, of course, throughout the season, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your summer, brother. All right. Thanks a lot, man. That's TJ Jones host of the State of the Saints podcast, joining us for the Big Easy Blitz. We got to take a timeout, our final one of today's show. We'll finalize the poll question of the day. We'll give you the latest updates on the Open Championship and get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnotes. It should be a glorious morning. That's all coming up next right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. reminder that the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles is packing our bags and we're headed to Atlanta for SEC Media Days. Tune in starting on Monday as yours truly the big bald and beautiful one and the other big 
and but not bald one Miguez for crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. We'll be broadcasting live from the College Football Hall of Fame for SEC Media Days. That's right. Our Media Day coverage, of course, is presented by Bordelon Furniture. Not only will yours truly and Matt be broadcasting live, we'll also be providing live updates every day on Footnotes and the Jordy Holtberg Show. So kick off the 2022 season in Atlanta with the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. One second moment to thank our guest today, James Yasko, for being alert and ready to go at 7 o'clock. From the Lima Time Time podcast, talking all things Astros. Nick Fondo for cashing tickets. And, of course, TJ Jones. What, what? For the State of the Saints podcast. Our poll question of the day was, what are you checking out this weekend? What's going to be your appointment viewing or listening this weekend in the world of sports? 38% of you said the Open Championship. 29% say other 19% say Astros Athletics Series, and 14% say Major League Baseball Amateur Draft. Doug says, I'm going to watch the inside of my eyelids. Y'all be safe on the road, right? Hashtag Media Days. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, bud. Thank you for all who commented and voted on the poll question of the day. Reminder, Astros Athletics live from Minute Maid Ballpark tonight. You can listen to it live right here on the game. 7-10 first pitch. Astro launch will begin at 6.35 sharp with Robert Ford and Steve Sparks on the call. For the producer extraordinaire and Seattle Mariners number one fan in Acadiana, Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parks III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again on Monday, live from Atlanta, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there, be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and Footnotes is up next. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.